0: Well, Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that all authority has been given to us in heaven and on earth, that we can declare the gospel with boldness. And Lord, with calling, your word says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, that we're all called, all of us in this room have received a holy calling from you, that we could declare the truth, the reality of your kingdom here in the earth. And that, Lord, we're not called because of anything we've done. We did not merit it, but we've been called by your grace And then by your purpose. So Lord, I just thank you for the authority, the boldness, and then Lord, the calling that you've placed upon us to declare your word. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to deviate a little bit from uh, spiritual family this morning. I want to talk to you about a king. A king has been born at Christmas. And don't let the little baby in the manger fool you. He's cute. I get it. It's a cute scene, but Jesus is a king. And when he was born, a king was born. He did not come into the earth to start a holiday. He didn't come into the earth to start a religion, for sure, or denomination, or anything like that. Jesus Christ came into the world as a king to make dead people alive, to destroy the works of the devil. How about this? To reintroduce the kingdom of God to us. By putting the Spirit of God back in us so that He could extend the Father's glory, His nature, His kingdom reality in and through us. That was never going to happen without the Spirit of the living God in us revealing Himself. Uh, So I'm going to say it again. He didn't come to start a religion and He didn't come to start a holiday. He came to make dead people who were dead spiritually, alive spiritually And then to restore a relationship that had been lost. a spirit to spirit, heart to heart, thought to thought relationship with the living God. This is why Jesus Christ came. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to reveal the Father's true nature, which is to save us, not destroy us. Amen. Jesus revealed the true heart of God. John chapter 1 verse 18 says that very thing. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's verse 17. Verse 18 says, No one has seen God at any time but the one and only begotten Son from the very bosom of the Father, the heart of the Father. He came and revealed the Father to us. He has uh, made God out in the open so we could see Him. So He came to reveal God's nature to save humanity, not destroy humanity. He also came to show us how life is to be lived. He came as the pattern son, that he's not just the way to heaven, he's the way you're designed to live. He's the truth about you. He's the life to be expressed in your mortal body. If you're like me, when I was 13, 14 years old, the first glimpse I really had, I believe supernaturally, of Jesus, something in my heart leapt and I said, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. There was love, there was joy, there was strength. How many of you know, as the patterned son, we would look at him differently if Jesus, instead of turning the other cheek, if you will, dying for his enemies, when they ripped his beard off his face, they spat on him, insulted him, they lied on him all the time, they ridiculed him. If he had stood up and just, you know, cold cocked three of them, we'd looked at, looked at him a little different. That's what we would have done. Stand up and fight for yourself. But no, it took more strength not to. It took more power for him to die for everybody who was ridiculing him and injuring him. But there's something in us that says he's not just the way to heaven. He's the way that we're designed to live. I'm to engage in a personal, intimate relationship with the living God. Jesus Christ came to put how life is to be lived on display. That's why Matthew chapter 4 verse 16 talks about those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Man, the word there is ignorance. Man doesn't know how life is to be lived because we didn't invent it. And if we are left to our own devices to try to figure out how this thing works, how relationships work, how marriage works, how family, whatever it is, how to live the, the life of God in the earth, if we're left to our own devices, good luck thank God, a life came among us. And a divine life came among us. Walked right in front of us. If he had simply said, Sylvia, I need you to love your neighbor. And that's it. He just wrote that down for her or texted it to her. Love your neighbor. Well, the problem with that is, Sylvia doesn't know what love is. She's never seen it. So all she can do is is rely upon uh, her highest definition or experience of what she thought love was and then imitate it. But what if love came here, put on sandals, put on a robe, walked around and showed us how we deal with life situations. Love walked around and showed us how do we handle people who are caught in adultery. We saw love handle that situation. How do we handle the broken? How do we handle the poor? Love came down and walked right in front of us. Love took up a cross, put it on His back, walked up a hill called Calvary and died for our sins. We know what love looks like in human form. It is not the Word made ink on paper. It is not the Word made sermon. It is not the Word made a book. It is the Word made flesh in human form. And we've seen His glory full of grace and truth. And so that's something else he came to do is reveal the way. He is the way that we're designed to live. Jesus Christ is a king and he came bringing an offer to each of us. Hear me now. He didn't come with a demand. Nowhere did he say, I demand that you fall down and worship me. I demand that you get born again. I demand that you come to know me. He came with an offer an invitation. Now one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So I admonish you by the Holy Spirit, choose Him now. Choose Him now. Because there is an invitation on the table. It's not a kingdom of a demand. Could you imagine if He had showed up and said, Tommy, He shows up amidst lightning and thunder and ultimatums. Obey me or else. That would not have created sons. It would have created slaves. So instead He shows up in a manger humbly quietly grows up a mature young man then into uh, up to age 33 years of age and gives his life for our sin. Because he didn't just die for you, he died as you. John 12, he said, if I be lifted up, speaking of the death, he would die on the cross. I'll draw all men unto myself. And what did He do with us? He put us to death. When He was crucified, we were crucified with Him. So when He died, we died and received, listen, the due punishment for our sin. The wages of sin is death. So don't feel like God's going light on your sin because He's not giving you cancer or He's not making your kids sick or He's not uh, totaling your automobile as punishment for something you did. God's not light on sin. He fully executed his wrath, the propitiation, the satisfaction of God's wrath against sin was meted out. That word is used three times in the New Testament on his own son, Jesus Christ. When he died, we died and received the due punishment for our sin, death, so that we could be raised to life. And we could be raised. When He came out of the tomb, we came out with Him. Just like we were crucified with Him at the cross, we came out of the tomb with Him with unbroken fellowship with God. Because the sin issue had been taken care of. He doesn't come amidst lightning and thunder and ultimatums, obey me or else. It is an offer. He came offering. He came inviting you to His kingdom of peace. He came inviting you to love. He came inviting you to joy. He came inviting you to life in the Spirit. Where you're no longer conquered and beat down by the natural realm. He's going to tie you to the realm of the Spirit. So you can get your joy from the Spirit. You can get your love from the Spirit. You can get peace from the Spirit. So you're never without them. That makes you invincible, unconquerable because of what Christ has done. He would introduce you and connect you to the Spirit. Remember I said earlier, reintroduce the kingdom of God to us by putting the Spirit of God back in us, that He might reveal and extend the Father's nature, His kingdom, His goodness through us. And so we've been invited to the realm of the Spirit, and it's the greatest form of government ever introduced to mankind. Look at America. America is, you know, at odds we're trying to figure out is it democracy, communism, socialism, fascism. I mean, you got all these isms. The greatest form of government is right in front of us in the person of Jesus Christ. It's an internal government, not outward rules to constrain behavior, but a change of heart inside of a human being, transforming your motives even as to why you do what you do. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, a son has been given, and the what? the government will be upon his shoulders. He brought government to mankind. I'll share that scripture with you here in just a minute. But he changes us inwardly, transforming our heart, bringing the nature of God inside of us so we can know God. Now we're not just imitating him by a bunch of rules, hoping that we look like him. No, He comes inside and by His Spirit He teaches you who He is. He reveals to you this divine nature that's inside of you that you desire to love. You desire to overcome evil with good. And not only that, you've seen Him. He is the Word made flesh. It's the greatest form of government we've ever seen. He didn't come in po- uh, imposing it. He came exposing it for you to see. He didn't impose it on you. He exposed it to you. That when we see Him, do our hearts not not cry out, I want to be like Him. But there's no way for us to be like Him apart from Him. And so this is why He dies on the cross. Right in the Garden of Eden, we stumble. Sin is introduced. Our spirit man dies immediately. Adam lived to be 930. So when he said, you'll surely die, we're talking about physically. He died spiritually. And so the Spirit of God takes up temporary housing throughout the Old Testament. Ark of the Covenant. Tabernacle. Three parts, by the way. Spirit, soul, and body. Outer court. Most holy place. Holy of holies. It's a type and shadow. The uh, temple... The Spirit of God is taking up temporary housing until what? Until Jesus Christ comes and pays that price once for all so that the Spirit of God can move back inside of you. There was no way we were going to be able to pay our own price. There's no way we could think we could do enough religious activity, do enough good works. Oh, now we're justified and we can receive God's Spirit. Only God was going to be able to supply what was needed to make us holy enough to live with Him. So, I'm going to say it again. He didn't impose it on you. He simply exposed it to you and said, Come to me. Follow me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He lived and embodied the nature of His Father's kingdom so we could see it. Luke chapter 1 verse 31. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb. This is the uh, angel to Mary. You'll bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Wow. A king has to have a territory he rules or you're not a king. So what is his territory? It's the realm of the spirit. It's the realm of your heart. It's the unseen realm. Jesus doesn't want to be president. He wants to govern the heart of the president. He doesn't want to be mayor of Choctaw. He wants to live inside the spirit of the mayor of Choctaw. And then He influences the earth from that realm. Psalm 103, 19 says, The Lord has established His throne, His governance, His rule in the heavenly realm, the spirit realm. But His kingdom rules over both. It rules over the spirit and the natural realm by invitation. And I love the fact that Jesus made it very clear when He showed up that the kingdom didn't belong to the most deserving and self-righteous and holy rollers. Jesus lifted the criteria for an indwelling, living relationship with the Spirit of God. Are you ready? The living God, Elohim, the criteria was not going to be gender, skin color, religious exploits or triumphs, works-based, any of that. He eliminated all of it and said, are you humble enough to receive it? It's a gift. It's not for the most deserving, it's for the most receiving. And we just came out of Christmas. So we ought to have this gift thing down a little bit. How many of you yesterday when you received a gift said thank you and then whipped out $20 and said here. Let me pay for that. We don't do that because a gift is to be received. Jesus came offering a gift whereby you receive a living relationship with the living God. Heart to heart, spirit to spirit, day to day. What a story. John chapter 18 verse 36. This is Jesus and Pilate and he answered Pilate. He said, my kingdom is not of this world, but listen, it's for this world. That's what I mean. He exposed this life. He revealed to us an identity, a life that could be lived now. What good is an identity that you only get to live when you're dead and in heaven that does you no good? You need this new identity here. You need to know I'm a heaven-born new creation here. One came from heaven and lived among us and showed us the life. He showed it to us. He exposed it to us. And then he said, I'm going to put my spirit that you see living triumphantly in me, I'm going to put it in you. Could you imagine? Let's say Sylvia takes a liking. She hears Eric Clapton play guitar one day. And she's like, wow, this guy's amazing. I want to be like Eric Clapton. And he says, hey, just do what I do. Imitate me as best you can. Well, she's probably not going to sound like Eric Clapton. But if he shucks his earth suit and he said, I'll give you my spirit. I'll put my spirit in you, Sylvia, and I'll play through you. If you'll let me. See, we receive him. But then sometimes we tuck him over in the corner and say, watch this. Watch Watch me try to love my husband. Uh, Watch me trying to love my wife properly. (laughs) It is fair. He's in you to live the life through you. If you'll let Him. If you'll let Him. Alright, so this kingdom, this identity, He came, this life, capital L, Zoe life of God, the very nature of God's DNA, He comes, it's not from this world, but it is for this world. That's why He modeled it here. Heaven sent its greatest ambassador to live a life among us so we could see it and then know what heaven is like. But if you think he, did, he gave his son not to change this world and life on this planet, you miss Christmas. He sowed his son to reap sons and daughters. He sowed peace into the earth to reap peace on earth. He sowed love into the earth to reap love here. They've got love covered in heaven. We're where it's being challenged. So he lived the life in front of us so we could see it. And then said, I'll die for you. I'll die as you. And I will give you this life and put it in you and you can live the identity of a heavenly ambassador in the earth realm. Somebody give God praise. Woo, that's right on the money. That is right on the money. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight. We'd bring out the tanks and guns, people. But he doesn't war like natural man wars. That's what he's alluding to. My servants would fight so that I would uh, would not be delivered to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said, Are you a king then? Jesus said, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness... To the truth. That word truth in the Greek is aletheia. It means the real reality. True to fact reality. He came to bear witness to this existence, this realm of truth. Which we needed to see. Because otherwise we're going to be stumbling in the dark. And then it says, "Everyone who Jesus said, everyone who is of the truth. Here's my voice. I love that He came to reveal this real reality. Life in the Spirit. Life through the Spirit. Because we can be easily lured back to the natural realm. Do things our own way, our own thinking, etc. But the fruit of the Spirit is, the byproduct of your union is what? Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. One of the things that the law did was put a restraint on behavior, a restraint on sin. So Paul's saying in regard to the spirit, there's against these, there should be no restraint. Don't restrain your love. Don't restrain joy. Don't restrain peace. Just let it go. See, that's the weakness of the law. The law might be and all the law revealed was what anything that's not from faith is sin. Romans 14:23. So when you read those 10 commandments, they're not of faith. I'm not trusting God if I'm stealing from my neighbor. It's also revealing anything that's not of love because faith works through love. Galatians 5, 6. So if I steal from my neighbor, I'm not loving him. The weakness of the law was, though, if the Lord says, Annie, I want you to go to your neighbor and I want you to cook him dinner. I know he hadn't been great to you, but serve him and cook him dinner. And if Annie's response was, yeah, Lord, but I've not stolen from him. (laughs) I'm good, right? No, it's a weakness. It's a lesser law. The greater law is love. Not only will I not steal from him, I will feed him. I will help him. It's a verb. Yeah. So again, he comes revealing this life in the spirit and he's saying, live it without restraint. Don't limit or lock up the fruit of the spirit. I mentioned it earlier. If you think God didn't give His Son into the world to change the world, you missed Christmas. And some of the songs have it totally right. How about joy to the world? It goes, joy to the world. The Lord has come. And the Lord is what? Supreme ruler. That's what that word means. Chief in charge. Let earth, wait, earth receive. How do we get in? Receive her king. He wants to rule here from the realm of the Spirit. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. The ruler is here in this realm. Let earth receive her king, his rulership. I don't want you to wait till you're in heaven to let him be Lord. He can be Lord here. You can live like a person who's born from above. Did you know when it says born again in John chapter 3? It literally means born from above. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king right here, right now. It can't just be about going to heaven when he wants to be king here in this realm. He's already ruling heaven, but the prayer was on earth as it is there. How about this song? Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. He is a king. And because the king has come, and love has come, and our identity has come, and the life revealed has come, guess what? We don't don't have to say anymore, look what the world is coming to. We can say, look who's coming to the world. That's Christmas Christmas is, look who has come into the world. Love has come. Life has come. The patterned sun has come. Light in the midst of darkness has come. He's here. It cheapens it to say, hey, just sign a card, become a church member, and when you're dead, you can go to heaven. It's not about everybody will be happy over there. Everybody already is happy over there. So he took what's over there, over here. He took heaven's chief ambassador from the realm of the Spirit and brought him here. So we could change this realm. Now, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. (laughs) Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is what? Of the Holy Spirit. How does the kingdom of God, how does the lordship of God come into the earth? By the Holy Spirit. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come. By the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God comes. How did His Lordship get introduced to your heart? When you got born again, by the Spirit. You're not saved by signing a card. You must be lifed. You must receive the Spirit of the living Christ in your heart. Amen. Don't shout me down. I mean, that's a good spot for amen. Verse 21, She'll bring forth the Son, and you'll call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. Just like the Holy Spirit conceived... Christ inside of Mary's womb in the same way the Holy Spirit comes and conceives Christ in you. Except not in a natural womb, a spiritual womb. In your spirit. Just like the Holy Spirit conceived Christ inside Mary's womb, He comes and conceives Christ in the believer. And who comes forth? Christ, Jesus. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They'll call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God is a with God. Aren't you glad? He's not a separate God. That's why he kept coming and coming and coming until he was inside you. I mentioned that we forfeited the Spirit of God in the garden. Then he takes up temporary housing in the temple, tabernacle, and all that. Then Jesus dies. Well, Jesus announces... His, his uh presence is God is with us, but after he dies, then what's he do? God is in us. He sends the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. God kept coming and coming and coming till he was back inside of you. That is Christmas. Don't let the little baby in the manger fool you. Don't let Santa Claus fool you. I'm not anti Santa Claus, but I'm telling you, I'm pro Jesus Christ, and then a king was born in that stable. A king, a ruler. A redemptive one at that. Because you'll never be happier than when He's Lording your heart. So that's Matthew, I believe, chapter 1, 18 through 23. God is with us. So Christmas is not about presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. It's about presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. The Prince of Peace has come. Goodwill has come. From who? From God. God is at peace with you. Hard to believe, isn't it? Because we're like, well, if you follow me around for a while, there's no way he's at peace. He is at peace with you. That's what the angels declared. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill towards... Yeah. How about that? I think it's a valid question to ask yourself if I'm not living every day in the awareness that God's at peace with me and I'm at peace with Him. Where is my peace coming from? Why am I not living in that reality? Because it needs to come through Christ, the Prince of Peace. Christmas is about a king and his kingdom, heaven invading earth through its chief ambassador, Jesus Christ. His plan in coming was that we would accept his offer, get born again, and in turn, start sharing his love, his joy, his peace. The culture of heaven That we now are learning about because heaven's ambassador is in us disclosing it to us and we start living that here that we would share it. We've talked a lot about spiritual family. We should be a culture here on earth of what heaven is like. I'm begging you, don't wait till heaven to forgive somebody. Forgive them now. You have the power of Christ within you. Don't wait till heaven to live like you're from there. You're from there now if you're born again and he's teaching the culture, teaching you the culture of heaven. To believe here. How many of you ever pictured yourself in heaven? You, you wondered what it's like. You're such a nice person there. <laughs> am I right? I'm right. You're so nice when you see yourself in heaven. You can be that person now. Because the Spirit of heaven has been delivered to you. Jesus came as heaven's ambassador and delivered heaven into your heart. Everybody say, I am A culture carrier. carrier. The culture of heaven lives in you. That means we're not victims. That throws all that theology away, doesn't it? It permeates our country. You're not a victim. You're a victor in the Lord Jesus Christ. If the world didn't give you joy, the world can't take it away. you're, You're sourced up to a different source. Oh, hallelujah. So he... His plan was that we would accept the offer, get born again, share it with everybody. Some people received the gift when he came and he offered the kingdom in human form. There were some people who received this gift and Scripture says they turned the world upside down. They were radically different. Others rejected the gift and stumbled in the dark. Some people were prepared to receive what was being offered. Others rejected it because they didn't want a kingdom for some. or Sorry, they didn't want a kingdom for all. They wanted a kingdom for some. People that looked like them, acted like them, and spoke like them. Pharisees. Yeah. In Luke 4, Jesus takes the scroll of Isaiah. He's just happened on the scene at the synagogue and says, Today this scripture is revealed in your hear- hearing that the Spirit of the Lord was on him to preach good news to... Poor people bind up the broken heart. Wait a second! I thought the poor were poor because they were sinners. I, I thought the broken hearted were heartbroken because they're sinners, and then he 's talking about liberty to people in prison. I thought people in prison were bad people. This guy 's announcing he 's coming and delivering the spirit of God to human beings, especially the hurting kind. The sinful kind. Read all of Luke 4. They got so mad. It says they were filled with rage. Some translations say wrath. They tried to throw him off a cliff. They were going to kill him because he brought a kingdom that all of humanity could have if they were poor enough to receive it. Let me say it again because this makes the point. He lifted the criteria for relationship with Almighty God out of man's hands. It wasn't gender, it wasn't religion, it wasn't religious performance and works, it wasn't how much money you had, it wasn't the color of your skin, it wasn't any of that, it was are you poor enough to receive this gift? He told the Pharisees, if you would admit you're blind, your sins would be forgiven. But because you say you can see, your sin remains on you. You can't see your need of me. Only I can cleanse you. Only God has the purity to make you pure enough to receive the holiness of God. Only God could pay that price. Only God could pay that debt. He meets the requirement of holiness. We never could do that. He said in Romans 5.20, or sorry, John five twenty. unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, the Pharisees weren't even sniffing the kingdom of heaven. And so how are we going to surpass all their quote, holy deeds? They were very holy to the letter of the law. Now their hearts were corrupt because they weren't born again. How was he going to surpass it? He would do it. He would become our righteousness. He would live the life right in front of us and then give us the credit to our account. He credit your account with his performance. That's the only holiness worthy of receiving the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, give him praise this morning. Wow, powerful, powerful. This kingdom would not be achieved. It would be received. It would not be for the most deserving. It would be for the receptive. It wouldn't be based on skin color, gender, religious practice, any of those things. And it was not imposed upon us. It was simply offered to us and exposed for us to see. We got to see it in human form. Bottom line is this morning, if this life appeals to you, the life of the Son living inside of you... Don't sign a card. Don't just become a church member or something like that. Receive Him into your heart. Receive Him into yourself. And let Him start lording you here and now. Not just the hereafter. Oh, amen. You know, instead of offering heaven one day, the church ought to be offering relationship with God in the present day. And we make ourselves irrelevant if we went to somebody, a parent, and said, I'm so sorry that your daughter is depressed, but she won't be depressed in heaven. If you say that, you made yourself completely irrelevant. What if we could say to that parent, I'm sorry, your daughter is depressed. Let's introduce her to the Prince of Peace and the prince of joy in this realm by the Spirit. Now, I get it. You can't make it happen. Some sow, some water, right? Only God gives the increase. But we have the answer. And it's not just wait till heaven. Heaven has come here in the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the executive producer of the kingdom of heaven in somebody's heart. So if she's challenged in her heart with sadness, grief, depression, we've got to get the Spirit of God to come and rule and reign in her heart and begin to combat depression. He comes in and combats fear, worry, anxiety, those things with his perfect love. He comes inside. Get ready for this. He's going to change your motives because he won't settle just for, oh, hey, I did that good deed for somebody because then he's going to say, you know, that was nice, but your heart, your heart Was doing that for yourself. Maybe to be noticed of men or something like that. He'll deal with your motive. Remember when he said in the gospel, These people honor me with their lips, but what? Their heart is far from me. They worship in vain because they don't know me. He'll deal with your motive, he'll transform your thinking. He'll introduce you to this thing called true riches. And he'll lay it up against all the wealth the world could offer and say, My peace is greater. My peace and a relationship with a living God is worth more than money could buy. He'll introduce you to true riches. Life in the kingdom. Offering us an identity that could be lived here and now, not just the hereafter. There's a lot of heavenly ambassadors in heaven. We need to see them here. This is the the meaning of Christmas is that a king has been born. Who's delivering the Spirit of the Living God to us so we can put Him on display. I said it earlier. What if church instead of offering heaven day started, heaven one day started offering heaven in us right now? Relationship with God right now. What if God's much more interested in getting all of heaven into us than He is getting us into heaven real quick? Not taking heaven away from us, I know, to be absent from the body. We'll be present with the Lord. And what a glorious day that will be. But until then, his M.O., his chief desire is to get heaven into you. There's people here. There's people around you every day that need to see the life not imposed on them, exposed to them so they can see him. Does that make sense? Again, if you'll let Him. Go back to the Eric Clapton example. He's in us. We need to let Him out. We need to let Him be seen. Stephen, you guys can come. The church has to be careful that we don't offer some church way of life. How about this? We can't even offer the American way of life. We've got to be offering the Christ life. The life that was revealed to us. Exposed to us. The problem is if we reduce this life to heaven and the sweet by and by, if we reduce His Lordship to heaven, who rules us until then? Who rules us until then? So we invite Him in and we let Him start being Lord and King in the here and now. A heaven-born identity. And if you'll live this identity, church, you you may die a martyr, but you won't die of boredom. I'll promise you that. Stand with me. The church cannot be reduced to a memorial to what God has done or a memorial to what God will do one day. The church has to be a revelation of what God is saying and doing in the present tense. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Brother Steve, I want to know this Jesus. I want to be lifed inside. I've never received nor invited Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, but I want to know him. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up this morning and say, Steve, would you pray for me? I want to be a Christ follower within anybody, anyone. (laughs) Amen. I want Christ living inside of me. Okay, gathered church. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Brother Steve, I am ready to start living my new creation, heavenly identity now. Not one day. I want to be this person now and allow Christ to be Lord and the expression of my life. We just lift your hand. Maybe you want to lift both of them. That's what they did in first service. But raise your hand if that's you. I want to live this identity now. I'm going to be this person now. Father, I pray in Jesus' name all over this room that we would once again be reminded every day of who we are as heaven-born ambassadors. A life was lived, a divine life lived right in front of us. We beheld His glory. And now, Lord, we realize that life is in us to be expressed Lord, would you live your life and expression through each of us? Holy Spirit, you're the chief reminding officer from this day forward. Remind us who we are. Remind us what we have. And Lord, that when people see us, they would see a life not imposed on them, but exposed to them to see you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give God praise this morning. If you need prayer, if you need prayer or you have questions, stick around. We'll meet you here in the altar. Otherwise, let's go change our world. Be blessed. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.